This is The Real Magic Podcast. Learn about great design and use it to get great results. Now your hosts, Greg Merrilies and Alan Nunez. Hello, listener, and thank you for joining Greg and I today for The Real Magic Design Podcast, where we unpack our experience to help designers and business owners understand how to create amazing designs and work together to make design that is profitable. I am Alan from Pixel Partners, and here is my fabulous co-host, Greg from Studio One Designs. <laughs> How are you, buddy? I'm awesome, man. Always awesome when I'm on a on a recording with you. Yeah, thank you, mate. Yeah, it's, it's a bit of fun, isn't it? It's uh, you know we're just sharing our knowledge and putting it out there. And the reason we do this is so that you know other businesses out there can get some ideas and take some shortcuts and get results quicker, and designers as well to to discover you know, the way we do things so it can help them in their business. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, sharing knowledge is, is awesome. And hey, that, that reminds me, listener, we haven't done any guest interviews in a while, but we have a couple lined up. So, you know, keep your eyes open for, coming, for episodes coming up over the next few weeks. And uh, we've got some exciting guests coming on the show. Yeah, and let us know if you've got any requests for, you know, anybody... Or even if you want to be a guest, reach out and we'll see you for a good fit. Or if there's somebody we've had on as a guest in the past and you think we're due for an update, let us know and we'll reach out to them and we'll get them back on the show. You got it, man. You got it. So what have you been up to? Mate, I have been doing a massive, actually I shouldn't say I, uh, my wife and I have been doing a massive purge, both around the house and me around the office, you know, and it's just phenomenal how much stuff builds up unnecessary unneeded stuff because I can't make a clear decision at the time as to what to do with it so I just keep it you know so I'm gonna be I'm gonna you know the whole getting things done attitude the the book by David Allen where you know you have to have very strict rules about how you deal with things you know so you either action it you file it for future reference or you toss it you know, mm-hmm. and there's a bit of a grey area for me between the filing and the tossing. <laughs> so I think I just need to be uh, really strict and purge my files more often, you know, because they do tend to, to build up. Would you say you're a hoarder with files? <laughs> no, I think what happens is I need it as a reference for a job. So I file it, then the job is complete and I never purge or I don't purge often enough because that, that's, that item is done and dusted. Um, and I, I could possibly be better with electronic filing so people give me a lot of hard copy reference items you know um even things like we get sent packaging samples and we get sent product samples for all the amazon work we do and those things you know even towards the end of the job we probably don't need them i could probably take a photo store it in my evernote it's searchable and then the physical reminder can 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 go Mm, yeah nice okay and what about you man what have you been up to Look, we've just been super busy. So I guess for me, I've really been concentrating on getting on top of things and making sure I'm super organized, you know? So yeah, look, we're just getting busy with Designer on Tap and that's, you know, a service where we offer unlimited designs to clients on a monthly basis and they can feed us as much work as possible. So, you know, they, they do that. They feed us a lot of work. So keeping on top of that can be quite challenging. And obviously, you know, we've got a team in place, but yeah, with new clients, it's partly my responsibility to make sure it all we get them on board and we have a good onboarding process and and then we, you know, get the jobs into the system and I brief the designers and just make sure everything's 
you know, perfect for, for a good start. And that sort of relies on me, which at this point I'm happy to do that because, you know, it's, it's my baby. It's, it's something that I'm really concentrating on. It's quite a new thing. We've only had designer on tap for six months, but yeah, I feel as though, you know, I need to get it right. So I put in a lot of effort into getting that onboarding and getting the clients a good design to start with. So yeah, that's what I've been busy with, man. You know, that's interesting because um, I was just thinking as you were uh, as you were describing what you're going through as you know very similar to our business where you know we tend to do volume of smaller jobs mm-hmm. whereas you your business is traditionally, you know, websites which is a bigger job with lots of small moving parts, yep. if, that, if that makes sense. And it does. It makes you rethink your project management system. And even you and I recently worked on a website design together for a client that, that we do a lot of uh, product work and packaging work. And basically, they engaged you via me. Yeah to do a website design. And the reason for that is that my project management system is not geared to do those big jobs with lots of moving parts. Mm. We're geared to do lots of small jobs. So it does, it takes a real rethink of how you you function. Yeah, so it does require, you know, rewriting SOPs or creating new standard operating procedures around that because, yeah, like you said, it's, it's a different business model essentially. So, you know, and it's an exciting one for me. So I'm doing whatever I can to make sure it goes smooth. Yeah, but even things like tracking the jobs that are in progress and the deadlines, you know, a deadline for a website is, you know, weeks down the track. A deadline for a smaller job like a pull-up banner might be tomorrow or the next day and then all of a sudden you've compounded that by putting so many more small jobs into the system it, it is the logistics of it is very different well let me ask you about that so what tools do you use to track the time for each of those projects are you talking about the time worked on or the time that we allocate f- for a deadline for the first proof to be done i was thinking the time that it takes to work on the design because you you invoice up front or you know you get paid up front essentially and then you need to track the time to make sure it aligns with the goal yeah yeah absolutely so so the way we do it is we're a fixed price provider yep but we do track time and the the reason for that is we need to maintain profitability Mm -hmm. and you know some jobs take a little more some take a little less but on average we need to be we need to be winning Um, and it's really simple for us i mean we use teamwork for our task management and teamwork has an app that you can install on your computer and you simply select the task and record the time that you're working on it and the first thing on our on every checklist and the last thing on every checklist is turn on timer turn off timer yeah and what if they forget to do that like is it can they backtrack and manually enter yeah they can manually log the time yeah but it's on the checklist so i mean i had this recently i had a number of jobs that didn't have time logged and then some of them just seem to be too consistent you know when somebody logs one hour instead of 53 minutes or logs five hours instead of four hours and 25 minutes so i questioned it and the the team member said oh i've just been logging it manually and i'm like well that's not the sop yeah good point that team member was told you do it as per policy or you know you you Pretty much you're out of a job, you know, because, <laughs> well, I mean, but that's what it comes down to. You know, how do I maintain profitability and keep everybody in a job if they, they don't work 
by our systems. Yeah, absolutely. Because that tiny, it might only be like seven minutes here and there, but that adds up. And overall, you know, it puts things out of sync. And also too, I've discovered over the years that the time logged gives me insights if a particular team member has a problem, right? So we I check the averages, not just across the jobs, but across the individual team members. And when they're having a problem with their computer or their internet or their software or even knowledge, they may not know the best or most effective way to do a particular task that their time logs start going out in comparison to their teammates doing the same work. Mm -hmm. So that flags an alert for me that to talk to that person and say, well, let's have a look at why this is taking you 30% longer than everybody else on the team. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So how often do you monitor those sort of things? Oh, look, I mean, I every single month I check the time logs. I'm yep. looking at, and I don't necessarily look at every single job, but I will strategically go in and pick groups and, and check them on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. And does that happen all through teamwork? Every job has time tracking on it for every person that works on a job. The reporting, is that through... Uh, teamwork as well? Look, we have at the moment, we, as you know, we've just changed some of our operating procedures and the way we remunerate the team to try and reward the best performers. Yep. So at the moment, we have a Google sheet where the team manually log each job that they do. And in one column is the time estimated by the design manager that the job might take. And then in the next column is the time actually taken. So mm-hmm. what it helps, it helps the de- design manager correctly estimate what jobs should be taking. So, um, and to see if there's a differential, you know, if if I'm managing a job, for example, and I think it should take two hours, but consistently the team are taking three, then obviously there's a misalignment with yeah. my estimating, which is a problem for my clients, because obviously I'm, I'm maybe over-promising and then we end under-deliver, where it should be the other way around. Around. Yeah, understood. Yeah. Oh, that's cool, man. Yeah. And people underestimate Google Sheets. I mean, to me, they're incredibly powerful because they're so customizable and we still use them in our business, especially for our you know, main project management tool, as well as other tools in-house. But yeah, that that really is the single tool that's so customizable compared to all these other project management systems. Just a simple spreadsheet, Google spreadsheet. Yeah, and and I'm at the point now where I've actually just gone and simplified the Google Sheet for their reporting because I had made it too complex originally, so I hit it with the simple stick. And now I'm looking at is could I pay somebody to use something like Zapier to connect the reporting from Teamwork to the Google Sheet and have it so that they don't have to manually log it, but they just manually confirm it. They check oh, it. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah, a little bit like Zero. Oh, you don't use Zero anymore. No, no. We use Harvest, right? Which is which plugs into QuickBooks, which is the, you know, software that we use for bookkeeping. But Harvest has a uh, a little Google plugin or what are those things called extensions for Basecamp, which is our project management system and therefore that's what allows us to track time through Basecamp using this little Um, extension and then it all feeds into our invoicing system so yeah if i want to check how much time's been logged against each project it just has this beautiful you know visual graph in in harvest which is really easy to see which jobs are taken longer than others yeah, so I mean, I've never attached the time tracking to my invoicing, and and I know that Zero can do it. But what I was actually thinking with Zero was the way they use the bank feeds, and they 
they go through and they match the bank feed to the invoice and then all you've got to do is tick a tick box to verify that it's correct so i'd love to build something for my team where you know the job that they've worked on plus the time tracking plus the start date plus the finish date which they're all doing manually now come across into the report and all they have to do is tick a box or initial it to say i verify that that is correct you know because sometimes what happens is they leave their time tracker on that's a really common one yeah, that's why yep. you know our first checklists had turn on time tracker as the first item and i know this is going to sound ridiculous but it was happening so often that we had to add to the bottom of the checklist turn off time tracker <laughs> yeah right and especially you, you know like these guys get really enthusiastic about the creative work that they're doing they know they've got three or four jobs they've got to finish today so they're just jumping from one to the next to the next and what all of a sudden a job that took them 20 minutes has actually logged three hours because they didn't realize that they'd left the time tracker on so that gives them the verification and the manual entry at the moment gives them a chance to to put a note left time tracker on and amend it or you know if they forgot to turn their time tracker on to log the time manually that they spent on it. And if they track a new job, if they start a timer on a new job, does it automatically cut off the previous job? I believe so, but I don't use the time tracker myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah fair enough. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was asking. <laughs> I don't know either. Yeah. So, cool. yeah. So, look, it's, you know, you're right, Greg. I mean, look, we, we had a topic for this episode, but we're well into this now. And I actually think this is a really, really good topic for the listener, which is, you know, is your workflow and your systems set up correctly for the work that you're doing? Mm, to be most productive, to get the clients the best value and also be profitable for you. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, you can... I mean, you know that I had, you know, some issues over the last 18 months where a couple of things happened, you know, excessive complexity in the system and people saying that they were following the system, but not following the system caused some real problems within our business, you know, and, and it's very easy to happen when you grow very quickly. So, you know, for Pixel Partners, we had huge growth over a two-year period where, you know, we more than doubled the size of the team. We were doing a lot more work and, you know, probably my my monitoring and tolerance for people going outside of the system was a little loose. I probably wasn't watching it enough. Like somebody has to take responsibility for that and like you said this is your baby right now and you're managing it but as it grows that's going to have to change because there's only one of you yeah absolutely yeah you know and you can make all the effort to build your procedures now but you need to ensure that they are properly adhered to when other people are managing it when there are two three or four other people uh, doing the work so and building a system that that is different from your web design system that functions for these more frequent smaller jobs does that make sense oh 100 yeah and you're so spot on and that's kind of yeah the the issues that we're going through at the moment is, is coming up with that new system to make sure it is still a smooth um you know from the client's point of view smooth and, and they're getting the results that they want and also to be profitable from our end so we can keep providing that value yeah. And look, I'm going to give you a bit of a stupid example. Mm -hmm. uh, and I say stupid because I look at it and I shake my head today when I see what happened in our system. Now, in teamwork, just like Basecamp, you can put a start date and a due date. Yep. Correct? Yep. Okay. 
So what was happening is our workflow moves jobs through new, doing, client review, complete. Yep. Right? And it can go from client review back up to doing if the client needs more changes. But then once it's signed off, we actually don't tick the box until it is invoiced and archived, which is the the step after complete. Yeah. Right? And teamwork has a great function where as a when I log in, I can have a look and see, well, what jobs do I have due, right? And it's in chronological order. Or what jobs do I have overdue, right? So what jobs are running late that I need to action? Mm-hmm. And it has like color-coded dates. It changes color when it's due, you know, tomorrow and then today and then it's overdue. Yeah, nice. But what was happening was the jobs were being moved to complete, which was the correct process. But Two things were happening. Firstly, the due date wasn't being removed. So when you went in and looked, what jobs do I have overdue? You could have 500 jobs for the last two years mm. that had never had the dates removed on that report, which meant that report became unusable. Yeah. And there wasn't actually, and this is going to, and, and you know, in a way I blame myself, there was not a clear procedure on who was responsible for ticking the job off when it had been archived and invoiced because multiple people did those processes. Yeah, got it, yeah. So we had threads in teamwork that had 600 jobs that were all complete, but none of them had been ticked off. (laughs) So what happened was it became unruly. So that's just an example of, you know, an oversight in the system that caused more problems that, you know, my team had have now got to go in and tick off all those jobs, right? Yeah. So, you know, really thinking out the entire process and documenting it correctly and then monitoring it and asking the questions, well, why is this like this? Is it taking us more time than it should? Should we be investing more time in it? Does that does that make it, sense? Yeah, absolutely it does. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I'm I'm trying to think from like we do things a little bit different but um yeah at the same time you want to be as productive as possible and yeah what we do is you know we move we move things from we've got like multiple tabs in our in our google doc for instance which is the just for the managers to 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 see right and so yeah we've got you know in progress and then you know sent to client for feedback and then we've got completed etc and then we've got archived as well so yeah we need to make sure that uh, they're still searchable as well, but if they are completed and complete, completely ticked off and then, you know, we're, we're confident the client's got everything they need, then they need to be sent to the archive tab, simple as that. But, yeah, you need to know whose responsibility that is and, uh, yeah, it just needs to be clear and documented. Yeah, that's right. And, and building in the ability to easily see what's going on in the business, right? So... Yeah, one of the the fundamental things that I've changed in our system is to try and make it so that the due dates are always correct, right? So that at any given time, I can see what is due tomorrow, today, and yesterday. And and they're the three things that I'm looking for. So, yeah, if it's due tomorrow, are we on track for it? If it's due today, what time today will I get it? And if it was due yesterday, why don't I have it? Yeah, sure. And so is this stuff to come to you or to the client by that due date? This is the high-level uh, management, and it's it could be both. It could be it's due to be internally reviewed prior to going to the client, 
right? So the final job deadline might be three weeks down the track, but the individual task that needs to be completed needs to be reviewed by the creative director today because we need time to make changes and then submit it to the client by Friday, Mm -hmm. for example, right? So they're two different different deadlines. Um, And... And that's that's a different kettle of fish altogether is also managing that all the small tasks that need to be done to complete an entire project. Because a bit like a website where you might have, you know, a big job to do with lots of moving parts, we have lots of small jobs that make up a project. Does that make sense? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, the reason I was asking that was because if it's for, if you've got a due date to send something to a client, you know, you can't always deliver. We're talking about a design business, right? So... Obviously, design is subjective and, you know, the design manager might not like what the design has done. So all of a sudden, a job could potentially fall behind. So, I mean, we just have it also in our system that if we are running late on a job and we know we're going to be running late and we can't deliver it by tomorrow, then we make sure we send them like an apology email just to let them know that we're just running a little bit behind just to set their expectations. Yeah, absolutely. So, So there's two other things that I've written into our policies which is firstly, on a due date, what time on the due date is the submission time, right? Because up until recently, if the due date was today, for example, mm-hmm. then the team would submit their work any time from when they started to when they finished, right? And most commonly, they had a term EOD, End of day. I'll yeah. have it to you by EOD. Yeah. Now, the only problem with that was that let's say it was a proof that needed to go to a client. If they submitted it at end of day and the design manager looked at it and realized something needed to be amended or we hadn't quite got it right, well, it's the end of the day. That person's knocking yeah, off for the day. They're sure. going home. So that means it doesn't get done till tomorrow. Yeah. And if the design manager was intending on sending it to the client, that day or the following morning. So I like sending proofs in the morning to clients in the morning, their time, right? So if it's a US client, we try and send it in the evening, our time, because that gives them the day to review it and get back to us. Whereas if you send it to them at 4.30 PM, their time, then they're highly unlikely to look at it that day. They're trying to wrap up their day. And then the next day, they've got a barrage of new things in their mailbox. And I, I just find that if we strategically send proofs in the morning of their local time or thereabouts, we're more likely to get a quick response. That's awesome, man. Mm. So what was happening was this EOD thing. You know, I'll have it done by end of day. Um, So we changed, I've actually just written it into our policies and we're just implementing it now that the deadline date submission is midday of the designer's time. Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay, so they, and they have to rethink their workflow because they can't go, oh, that's due tomorrow. I'll do the finishing touches just after lunch. No, they have to do it the day before so that if they need to do finishing touches, they do it in the morning and they submit it by, by midday their time. That gives us a chance to make little tweaks and still deliver it to our client within that deadline date. Does that make sense? Mm, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's a good process. Yeah. The other fundamental change I made was communication. 
right? So the team were waiting until the due date to tell me that they were running late. Oh, yeah. Right? And I just said to them, look, you need to get better at this. You, you're going to have a pretty good idea. These are regular, consistent jobs. You're going to have a pretty good idea if the three prior jobs took you longer than expected for whatever reason. And it's not always the designer's fault. It might be a power outage or an internet outage or they're waiting for files to sync or, you know, a client said, oh, we're going to send you photos. And instead of sending five megabyte JPEGs, they sent 20 500 megabyte PSD files, <laughs> right? You're going to have a pretty good idea that that's going to have a knock-on effect on the, the items that are due. So, you know, they have to actually go into the task when the task... So they have to do two things. When the task is allocated to them, so say, you know, today's a Wednesday and I say the due date is next Wednesday. They have to acknowledge that and give the design manager an estimate of when they believe they're going to start working on the job because we don't expect them to work on it today because yeah. they've already got work queued. So they've got to say, I anticipate that I'm going to start working on it with my current workload on Friday morning. Okay. Yep. And then the second thing is if they think they're going to be running late, they have to jump into that, into all their due tasks or talk to the design manager and say, hey, listen, you know, I think one of these jobs is going to be running late. Which one do we have some leeway on? Yeah, right. Okay. Right. So communication, because just because you're running late on one job doesn't mean five jobs have to run late. There may be a bit of latitude on a particular job. Maybe it doesn't have a specific deadline or the client said, look, I'd like to have it Monday, but any time next week is okay. Mm, I love that. Yeah, that's cool. What we do, we just send a screenshot. Like every morning the design managers will kind of scrum, you know, the scrum method and just put the most urgent ones first for each of the designer. And then we send a priority order from, you know, the first job, second, third, fourth, fifth, however many jobs each designer has on and with the due date next to it. But we also get them to give us an estimate, you know, after they've reviewed each of the briefs of how long it's going to take to give us the first submission, second submission, all that sort of stuff, right? So then what we do every morning, we send them a screenshot of the plan and their priority and the due date and the hours it's going to take or that they estimated. So every morning they're really clear, everything's reorganized for them to action that, you know, the right priority at the right time. Yeah, see, that's interesting. Uh, we used to do something similar where the the project manager's role was to organise that and give people the order of priority of, of what they needed to do. Yeah. But what I found was as my team grew, the des- uh, uh, please, I'm not saying this as a criticism to my design team or any design team, but what was happening is they weren't taking responsibility for what needed to be done. They became reliant on somebody telling them this is what you've got to do next Mm, okay does that make sense so this is why i've changed it around and i make it their responsibility to tell us when they're going to work on it what they're doing next when they expect to have it ready and put the onus back on them to manage their workflow here's what we've assigned to you here are the due dates if you can't achieve those due dates, you must communicate it. Let us know, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. And then we leave it in their hands. We don't we don't baby them. We don't No, we don't either. Check in on them every day. How's this job going? How's this job going when it's not due for seven days? Yeah, exactly. If I haven't heard anything, I might prompt them. Hey, did you get this? And and for good reason too. I mean, we had an instance where the teamwork notifications were going to spam for one of our team. Mm-hmm. Yep, there you go. So he wasn't seeing the notifications. 
Wow. Yeah, sure. But yeah, that's why, yeah, I mean, that's why you, you need to have multiple systems. Like, you know, we've got the Google Doc and then we've got Basecamp. So, and then we communicate in Slack as well, you know, and so this is all just for internal use, you know, not for the client. So therefore it's pretty foolproof to, you know, when you've got sort of three three methods of communication. Yeah, but then you run into the danger of having to duplicate information a lot don't you no not at all no not when when every tool has its own purpose so the google doc is really just for the managers but then we send a screenshot each morning for the designers to look at you know what where they're at and look they know anyway what's coming because you know the priority they've seen the priority the day before on the day before and you know they're just working through it right so it's just a slight update so that's an overview thing but then you know we use Basecamp to give direction and feedback for each of the designs that are submitted through the design managers etc but then slack is really just a communication channel for for chit chat and just you know checking up on things essentially yeah 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 so as long as they're used in that way there's no it doesn't matter what was put into slack you know this the overarching document is the google doc and that's the main thing everyone looks at every morning yeah, and, and I think that's where, and, and this is, you know, a confession, this is where we fell over because what happened was the team loved Slack so much that what they were doing was instead of putting the information in teamwork, they were just chatting in the Slack channel. Yeah, yeah, so we made sure that, you know, if anything's related to the design, it's got to go into Basecamp. That's right. And even yeah. if you just copy and paste the chat out of Slack or Skype or whatever it is. Yeah, we do that too. Yeah, good point. And note it. Then then there's a record of it and, and happy days. And then what happened was um, rather than logging into Teamwork, the project managers were copying and pasting the link in Teamwork to the job and notifying their teammates, hey, you've got this job to work on in Slack. So then we started duplicating information. You know, we've got it. We've you've got a teamwork notification, but everybody's ignoring the teamwork notification that comes because they're expecting somebody to post it in Slack for them. So yeah, look, I this is just things that have happened to to us. You know, where things have got a little unruly because people weren't sticking to the defined process, right? Yeah. And did that have an impact on deliverables to our clients? Not really, but what it did mean that. People were working harder than they needed to. And that, that is something that I just, I don't want to see. I actually got, I got asked by a manager yesterday, do you want to fire this person, right? And I actually said, sometimes I do feel like I want to fire this person. However, what I really want for them is to be the best they possibly can be and learn how to be really, really effective as a creative, Yeah, right? That was my response to the question of, do you want to fire this person, <laughs> you know? And that's the truth. You know, mm -hmm. if you use all these tools and you learn how we how we do it and you stick to the SOP, you can have huge creativity flow because you don't have to think about the process side of yeah. it. It's already defined. You can yeah. just be creative and know that everything else is going to be managed and handled properly if you stick to the SOP. Mm, yeah. Awesome, man. Killer stuff, Al. Well, there you go. It's an episode that we just kind of threw together based on what's happening in managing our teams. Yeah, so there you go. It's top secret. We, we actually, I think both of us actually divulged some, you know, some insights into how we run our businesses and how we evolve our businesses. Absolutely. Yeah, no, that's cool, man. So, well, hopefully, do you have any other tips, Al? No, that's it. Just keep, you know, it's constant evolution. My biggest tip is don't let it... 
don't assume because you've got an SOP that everything's working okay. You know, you've got a SOPs yeah. grow, they change, they evolve. And just because one SOP worked for you on a particular type of work might not mean that you don't need to change the tools, update the tools if the type of work you do changes. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And look, we've, you know, just onboarded a couple of new designers recently. And you're right, it's <laughs> it's just an SOP, but really it all comes down to the the management team and and just getting used to the SOP and working it over time. And then you just get used to the way the whole system works as a, you know, as a whole, essentially. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, listener, if you have any questions, if you use any of the tools that we use and you want some tips and tricks, post a uh, comment below this episode on our website, therealmagic.com. We would love to see some more five-star reviews. Thank you to the listeners that have posted five-star reviews. Greg, I'll catch you on the next episode. Listener, thanks for coming. You bet. Thank you. Thanks for listening to The Real Magic Podcast. Hear more at therealmagic.com.